Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Hello, friends. Hi, friendlies. <laughs> I was just- Happy Monday, y'all. It It's Friday now, but it freaking feels like a Monday. Yeah. I don't know if the States um, celebrates it, but we have a long weekend. Yeah, I don't think they do this weekend. By the time you guys listen to this, it's the end of the long weekend, and I hope you had fun. But... I'm going to have fun. I'm going to plop my butt in my mom's pool with a drink in my hand, and that's it. And that's I, my plan. I think I'm going to crash on Monday to go plop Absolutely. in Holly's mom's pool. They're calling for freaking rain, though. I'm I mean, I'm down for a lightning storm. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm down. But See, I'd come tomorrow, but I'm supposed to be having a... Uh christmas in july but it's august 1st we were just delayed oh yeah you and your sister yeah. that's adorable and then on sunday it's Stuart's dad's birthday happy birthday busy fucking weekend man uh, yeah i'm doing the opposite i'm not trying to move i'm not trying to if you come over that's fine but other than that i don't want to see nobody <laughs> <laughs> like i refuse but yeah another boring week guys yeah. we're sorry but thanks for listening you guys are unreal you make us last week was so week. much fun it was it was a lot of fun i had yeah, and a lot of people, I did a poll, and I think we got Hundo P, like, do the episode again. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we're, we'll do it. I don't know when. Maybe it's going to be another, like, surprise thing. We'll just yeah. do it when we feel like it. I'll just do another Ireland Ireland case. Yeah, just, that's your thing now, from now on. Yep. That's me. That's it. Um, but I have a really creepy story to tell you guys. So... Uh, I was sleeping, as per usual, but... <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> as per usual. <laughs> No, but it was, like, in the middle of the night, and something crashed in my room, and Kyla likes to bring her little, they're, like, stick toy things. I don't know what they are. They just clay clean her teeth. That's all I know. And they're really loud when they, because we, <laughs> we have, hope. yeah, we hope. Um, they, when they hit the hardwood floor, it's, like, really, really fucking loud. So I thought maybe she got, brought one to bed, and it dropped off the bed or something. So I was, like, looking around the room, I'm like, what the hell was that? Because it was really, really loud. Didn't find it. Kyla was under the bed, and she ended up crawling out. There's not there. Went back to bed and found the next morning that my picture above my dresser got pulled off the wall. And it got lodged in between my wall and my dresser, which isn't that big. So Emphasis on the pull, because yeah. it's, like, it didn't just fall. She, uh, what is it, like, one of those, like, 3M hook, hook things? things? yeah. Um, it was, like she showed me a picture and it's fully bent yeah like someone dragged it off the wall yeah this hook is fully bent fully like pretty much bent all the way down but you can see that it was pulled and if it were to fall i really don't think it would just get lodged behind my dresser because no, it's it not have, that like, big flopped. of a space yeah like it would have flopped on your dresser yeah and it was fucking loud so that and even Stuart, okay Stuart's uh I don't want to say he doesn't believe in the supernatural, spiritual world. He kind of does. He doesn't want to believe. Yeah, he doesn't want to. But, and he doesn't think the house has any issues, but that... It's not the house, it's you. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> he he said that he's he doesn't think that the picture just fell. He thinks yeah. it was pulled off the wall. He thinks no, that. No, legit looks like it was pulled. Yeah. I told Danielle to put a camera in her room. I hope she does it. <laughs> we Fun fact, or fun story... When Kyla was spayed, at this point, she was sleeping in our bed, and we didn't want her, like, licking at her wounds, because if, if you haven't been following us since episode one, you know, my dog has cost me a million dollars. She's a vet. She's just a pure vet bill. So we've had so many... She's funding the, the vet in your neighborhood. Yeah, literally. 
Um, and not by our doing, just letting you guys know. Yeah, no, but, she's just, she's difficult. Yeah, We're she just going to say that. She has a, she's a lot of health problems. But, but she's adorable and we love her. Exactly. Um, and I will lose my house for her. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we had the camera in the bedroom when she was sleeping because just in case it would like notify us if she's like really moving around trying to get at her like stitches and stuff. And she liked to eat her onesie at the time. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we have like 10 videos of me like sleepwalking. Yep. And like me, like, I don't know what I was doing. I had my arm in the air and I was like waving my hands and like having She's a little She's just party. a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> so uh, one theory is that she pulled it off the wall in her sleep and just like doesn't remember doing it. Yeah. But I remember waking up to the sound. I was in bed and it was loud. Were you that? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I, I would love to see you put a camera back in there because there's, there's something spooky going on. I had like a minor spooky moment literally just like five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I had, I, I'm in my uh, haunted basement at my mom's house and I went upstairs to get like water and stuff and prep for the episode and I come down and my microphone had been recording for like five minutes by itself. Like I didn't, I didn't click record. It was just going. So I have five minutes of footage to go through. If there's anything spooky, I will get it up on the interwebs for you guys. We'll see and Holly will never be back in that basement again if she does find something. Yeah, I'm really hoping it's just five minutes of silence and then something just, like, glitched and it's sort of, I don't know. I don't want to know what's on it. I'm it's scared. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> but yeah, I guess with that... Get into some spookies? S- some more spookies. This episode is heavy on the spooky. It is heavy on the spookies. I also have my, um, ghosty beverageino. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're I love that you it. went with that. What are you drinking? I am drinking a grower's cider, blueberry. Oh. My favorite. I got water, but I also got stone, so. That's it. <laughs> so that's what we're going to call it. I hope you guys get a ghosty beverageino as well, so we can all hang out and have fun. <laughs> we So we want to make like a cocktail that's called the ghosty beverageino. We haven't decided what's in it yet because we can't handle much liquor anymore in our old age. Yeah. So if you have suggestions, spooky drinks. Let us know. We should make this a poll on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'll figure something out. We'll figure out the wording. We'll get it up there. Yeah. And you guys can help Just us get make us a drunk, cocktail. guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll jump into my spooky story today. I'm going to talk about the RMS Queen Mary. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. Yay. I went like, it was, it reminded me of the Titanic. So I went Titanic vibes <laughs> for Holly, even though it has nothing it. to do with Titanic, but here we are. No, is this the connection you were saying? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so it's really funny because I I wrote um, history of the the ship. Well, I meant to say ship, but I wrote boat. History of the boat. And then I, beside <laughs> it, I was like, haha, boat. Someone's going to yell at me. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> it's a ship. <laughs> so the Queen Mary got its name from George V's wife, Mary of Tech. Apparently, they were going to name the ship after like Queen Victoria. Um, but they went to ask the king for like permission to name it the the ship victoria and but they didn't say it that way they said um we they wanted to name the ship after brayton's greatest queen and he replied oh. and i quote my wife would be delighted <laughs> but that's some shady shade right there right so he was I like yeah that. my wife will be it'll be great it'll be great so yeah so the boat ended up the ship <laughs> i gotta stop saying boat the ship got named after mary <laughs> the canoe there eh (laughs) um god damn (laughs) i can't um so on may 27th 1936 the queen mary left 
uh, Southampton, England, on her first voyage. The ship had five dining areas, five lounges, two cocktail bars, two swimming pools, a ballroom, a squash court, a small wow. hospital. Um, <laughs> important, important. Very, very important. Um, a beauty salon, library, dog kennels, and a music studio. Wow. Yeah, it had a, it had a shit fancy. ton. Yeah, fancy. Um, the ship was made for like the ele- like the elegance of it and also for the very extremely rich. I'm pretty sure like... Um, back then it was like 80 pounds to go on this on this boat whereas now it would be like three thousand like 700 bucks oh geez or wow. 300 3700 pounds so even more here yeah i can't do that conversion in my head but i'm guessing it's at least four grand yeah it's a lot um so the ship had like the duke and duchess of windsor and winston churchill as passengers at one point um the ship actually had the world record for the fastest speed for 14 years so it was a pretty oh, wow. fast boat. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Queen Mary was only a passenger ship. 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 Not shit. It's a ship. <laughs> it's a boat. It's a boat. <laughs> We're on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be um, one of the pictures on the slide. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's been it's been an episode, guys. And it's been like four uh, minutes. It's fine. I needed this. <laughs> Uh, all right um so the queen mary was only a passenger ship for three years before docking in new york in september 1939 this is when world war ii began so the queen mary was transformed into a navy ship um she was painted gray and completely stripped of all of her amenities um oh no yeah the bars right they actually nicknamed the ship gray ghost because of how fast the ship was and of her color obviously um, she held 16,000 troops and was the fastest troop ship to sail in World War II. It also had taken prisoners of war. So. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I like the name though. Ghost. What, what, Grey Ghost? Yeah. Yeah. It's like extra spooky. Fun fact, my dog's middle name is Ghost. And yes, my dog's oh, middle yeah. name. <laughs> She's named after um, him, the dire wolf in Game of Thrones. My dog's middle name is Wingman. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> because my dear boyfriend wanted that to be the dog's first name and i'm a libra and i believe in compromise so that's what's what she's going with yeah yeah compromise (laughs) (laughs) i'm very happy about it i would have been like fuck no that's not happening um so at one point um during the war the ship was hit with a huge wave this wave was 28 meters tall the ship had tipped 52 degrees and apparently if it tipped three degrees more it would have capsized oh wow yeah um oh i would be shitting myself right i would not want to be on that and my dog is randomly eating kibble in the kitchen and i don't know where she's got it from because there's no food in their dish the fucking vent that's where she gets it yeah my dog hides food in her in the vent that too (laughs) she ruins our ac as well so it's fun fact but we love her (laughs) oh i love her so much so does my bank account Um, so after the war, the ship was restored to its previous state with all its luxuries and continued as a passenger service across the Atlantic Ocean for nearly two decades. Um, in 1965, passenger fleets started to become, like, less attractive as the world entered into, and I quote, a jet age. So, like, airplane travel and stuff. It wasn't really, like, you have your cruise ships, but these were passenger ships to get from point A to point B, right? Yeah. Um, so these ships were starting to take a huge loss, and the Queen Mary ended up being sold 
On October 31st, 1967, um, the Queen Mary left for its last passenger journey and arrived in Southern California on December 9th, 1967. Oh, wow. That took so long. Yeah, it did. I think they took their sweet ass time, though. (laughs) I love that it launched on Halloween, though. It's just this tale is so spooky already. Yeah, we're here for it. We love it. Currently, the ship is a docked hotel, so it's just a floating hotel. Um, You can also tour the ship. And you can also have, like, your wedding there. You can host, like, events Whoa, there and stuff. I didn't know they did weddings. Yeah, they do. And they do, like, ghost tours and stuff, so. Um, it also uh, has three world-class restaurants. This is perfect. Yeah. We can go there and get married and go on ghost tours. Like, you and I get married. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, the Queen Mary is noted to be one of the most haunted places um, for obvious reasons. Um, it went through, like, a damn war, held prisoners of war. Yeah. I'd fucking haunt it, too. If I could die in there, yeah. I would die. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go over some of, like, the haunted rooms and, like, some of the people that haunt this place or supposedly haunt this place. Um, so I'll start with some rooms. So in stateroom B340, Walter J. Adamson was staying in this room in 1948. He was considered a third-class passenger. Walter ended up passing away in the room, so the details of his death are currently a mystery. Like, it's, there's, it hasn't been said of what he died from, so I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's, like, a heart attack or anything like that. Um, but a woman was staying in this room in 1966. So this is before it became a hotel, so it was still, like, a the passenger, the passenger yeah. fleet. Um, so a woman was staying in this room in 1966, and she reported that she was woken up when her bed sheets were pulled off of her in the middle of the night. At the same time, she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. She screamed, and he vanished into thin air. Nope. Yeah, nope. I would not. Nope. I'd jump off the fucking boat. I, first of all, I'd be so mad if you took my blankets off in the middle of it. Like, that's a cocoon yeah. of safety. That's just rude. Just, yeah. This is my thunder blanket. It's my ghosty blanket. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so, the room was actually closed for years um, to guests, but it has since reopened. Um, so you can go stay in it right now if you want to, which I probably will. I kind of want to. I want to. If I ever go to California, that's where we're staying. Yeah, for sure. Um, if we're ever allowed to go back to the States. Yeah, I'm sorry, States, <laughs> but I'm staying far away from you for a very long time. We love you, yeah, you, but you're scary right now. Yeah, you're a little, yeah, alarming. Yeah, a little bit. I feel so bad for you guys, man. Like, fuck. It's, yeah, it's not their fault. No. It's just faulty government, mixed messages. <sighs> it's just sad. Karen's karen's karen just karen's <laughs> um so people ha- who have stayed in this room have reported hearing someone knock on the door while they're trying to sleep bathroom lights will turn off and on and also the maids were having serious issues with this room um they said they would go to clean the room and like make the bed and go do something else and turn around and the bed would just be like thrown apart like the sheets would be pulled off everything oh my God, that's so annoying right you know how hard it is to get like a fitted sheet on the mattress <laughs> a fitted sheet oh right? my god i lose my mind <laughs> um they also said that the bathroom tap would be left on so it would be running even though people weren't staying in that room for days so they'd go and like freshen up the room for someone to stay in it and And no one would be in there and it'd just be on yep um so we have the swimming pool so the pool is no longer in use due to california code issues um but it is one of the most um uh paranormal activity it's one of the most like rooms that have activity in it yeah. Um, people have seen a lot of apparitions in this room. People have seen a woman in a tennis skirt walking down the stairs and then just disappear. 
Um, there's also been reports of a woman in a wedding gown standing next to the pool or a woman just in like a white gown. I'm not sure if it's a wedding gown. Um, with a little boy in a dress suit. And there's also a little girl in a blue and white dress who just pops up and like disappears quickly. Like you'll see her and then she'll just vanish. That's so creepy. Yeah. It's it's ghost children, man. I don't like ghost children. Ghost- I don't care. They're creepy as hell. They're the ultimate creep. Yep. The boiler room number four, people have seen a little girl in this area as well. Usually she's seen with like a doll in her hand. So she walk around with a doll. Because why not, right? It wasn't creepy enough. Right? (laughs) Um, There is a room called the Mayfair room. So this room used to be um, the ship's like hair beauty salon. Um, But now it's currently used as an office. One of the accountants that was working there at the time arrived at work one morning. I think it was like around 5 or 6 a.m. When she got in, she felt like really uneasy. Um, She was at her desk and felt like extremely cold all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, Later, she ended up feeling like someone had like brushed behind her and it like hit her chair. Right after, she saw like a transparent figure walk across the room and right through the door. Nope. Yeah, she left. She left and wait, waited for people to come back. She's like, no. Nope, I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. <laughs> um, this is where it gets kind of like sad. Um, there was a hatch door number three. Um, in 1966, so when the ship was still um, like a ship and not a floating hotel, the watertight <laughs> doors in the engine and boiler rooms were ordered to be closed. I believe it was part of like um, uh, some like some like security check sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, however, there was someone in the hatch at the time, um, an 18-year-old kid from Yorkshire. His name was John Petter. He was a crew member. He was crushed in the door. Oh, no. Yeah, they ended up freeing him, and he was taken to the hospital. However, there was extensive injuries to his body. Um, His arms, chest, and pelvis were completely crushed. He died shortly after arriving to the hospital, unfortunately. Wow, that's so sad. Yeah runs like a security check and ends up killing somebody good job did he just like not see the door closing i don't i don't know i wasn't there poor kid i have no idea holly i wasn't there (laughs) i wasn't there i have no idea (laughs) fair he's known as half hatch harry great name gross yeah um his spirit is seen quite frequently in the area people have said they've heard someone running behind them they've also said they've heard someone whistling in the area Oh. Yep. People have reported seeing a man in blue coveralls. Some say he looks like the kid who died. Like, it literally looks like his picture. And some said he resembles, like, an engineer. But they see him wandering the halls. Like, all that he's... He's one of the most active spirits that have been reported by people. That I people can't have blame seen, him. Right? Um, so, some people have actually talked to him. They've reported talking to him. He's come up to them and asked if they've seen his missing wrench. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I got a shiver. <laughs> you went to go say chill and shiver at the same time. Oh, I did that on purpose. A chiver. <laughs> a chiver. A chiver. <laughs> I love that. Um, so people have also found fingerprints on their faces or like their shirts or even on the walls. And it looks like grease fingerprints. Oh. So something from like. Yeah. Ugh, that, ugh, creepy. I don't like that. Um, so those are just some of the haunted rooms. Um, I'm just going to jump into some of the spirits. I kind of have a short one for you today, but I found it pretty interesting. Um, so there is one lady called the White Lady. Honestly, I want to know where people come up with these names. We have White Lady. We have Red Lady. Like, <laughs> come up with a better we're name. Really creative as a as a ra- like a species. We're just really creative yeah. and very detailed. And 
Apparently. Basically, whatever color dress this person is wearing. <laughs> That's literally it. She's wearing white. So they're like, the white lady. You could name her, like, <laughs> Becky or something. <laughs> Call her the Rose. The haunted Becky. The haunted, the haunted <laughs> Becky. Um, so there is reports of an apparition of a lady dressed in all white. She's seen throughout the corridors of the ship. She's also reported um, being seen dancing in the first class lounge. Um, so someone actually caught her on camera. Oh, no way. Yeah, they caught her on on a photo. Um, I'll see if we can actually um, post this photo. I'm not sure if we can, but if we can, we'll post it. If not, just look up it because it's actually really creepy. She's just at the end of a corridor and she's on white. I, I feel like I've probably seen it. I'm going to Google it after this. I feel like I've seen it. You probably have. Um, so the next person is Grumpy or Grouch or Me. Grump. Sometimes they call her Grump. I'm going to go with Grump because I like that. Also known as Holly. <laughs> yeah. Holly haunts the ship. Um, so there is a spirit that people refer to as Grump. This spirit's identity is unknown, but it's said that he likes to growl at people. He's a very, oh, very evil spirit um, or restless spirit, I should say. Like those anime kids that would like hiss at you in the hallway. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They thought they were, like, <laughs> werewolves or something. They were just fucking... Yeah. Yeah. They were tails. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, God. That's what I pictured. <laughs> High school was a blast, guys. <laughs> They're probably doing great right now, but I also don't appreciate you guys spitting on us, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, his spirit is heard under the stairs near the first class swimming pool and sometimes in the broiler room. Um, the next little ghosty thing I want to talk about. Um, so, it's Jacqueline Tornan. Um, so she was about five or six years old when she drowned in the second class pool. Oh. Yeah. The room where the pool was, I believe it's a theater now or like some type of office. It's not a pool. That's all I know. Um, Oh, is it the, is it the, like with the stage and everything? I think so. It's one of the two. Okay, yeah, yeah. But people have heard a kid splashing in the room and calling out for her parents, like asking for help. Um, Oh, that's so sad. I know. She is also known to respond to questions, and she's very active. So if you have, like, an EVP session or you start recording, she's known to answer your questions. Um, Some people have caught Jackie saying that she has a friend. Her friend's name is Sarah, and she also died in that pool in 1949. Creepy. This ship has way too many kid ghosts. I guess I didn't think about, like, because they're on that ship for so long. Like, so many people could die in so many different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's not just the prisoners of war and stuff. It's, like, regular people who are just on a cruise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- and then the last lady I have to talk about is Dana. So, this story is regarding this Dana girl. Apparently, she was murdered along with her family in room B474. Um, her There's no reports of this actually happening, but it's kind of like an urban legend associated yeah. with the ship. Um, her mom and sister were apparently strangled to death. And Dana was shot in the bat and or shot to death in the bathroom. Um, she is reported being seen in the second class pool area as well with those creepy ghost kids. <laughs> yeah, just hanging out with the creepy ghost kids. Just hanging out. Um, so just some. How does a murder take place on a boat like a ship like that? <laughs> right, a boat. See, I'm not the only one who said it. <laughs> we on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the name of the episode. Yeah, I'm on a boat. <laughs> Um, so just some fun facts. There was 47 deaths recorded on the boat since 1936. A lot of these deaths were natural causes, so like hardest, like heart attacks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Except for two. So John Petter's death was recorded. So his death was like that freak accident where he got like crushed in the yeah. hatch. 
So there's also Mr. Stark. He was a senior second officer who died drinking some gin on the boat. Um, apparently it wasn't gin though. It was cleaning fluid. Oh shit. Yeah. So that could I have mean, been murder. probably taste the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause gin is gross, but he could have been murdered. You never know. Yeah. But those, de- those two deaths were recorded on, in their little recording thingy. I don't know what it's called. In the registrar. <laughs> Log? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, now apparently for security reasons, um, deaths that happened on the Queen Mary during the war, like they weren't kept. They were never, I don't know if they were kept, but they were never made public. So we actually have no idea how many deaths happened during that yeah, war on the boat. And especially if there was like prisoners of war, like I, I I'm going to assume they were not treated like the best, the best. Yeah. I feel like there was probably multiple deaths. Yeah. And apparently there was people like i mean it held like sixteen thousand troops yeah i bet that got pretty squishy at some points yeah and and i was gonna say trench foot but they're not in the trenches that was stupid that was you know what i mean just like disease travels and stuff and like you know a cold could wipe out a bunch of dudes you know what i mean yeah it's true especially back then yeah but a lot of people apparently like jumped off the side of the boat because they just didn't want to be in the war so i don't know i can't blame them but yeah so there was no official record of how many deaths happened on the the queen mary during that time but it sounds like a heckin lot definitely way more than 47 yeah but even 47 that's a fuck ton that's a huge number yeah (laughs) that's a huge number like i said like i didn't realize like you know there's not necessarily angry spirits there there's just like regular old joe who just died in his sleep you know what i mean like he's stuck there too yeah he's like get the fuck out of my bed these are my bed sheets dickhole (laughs) (laughs) me (laughs) me as a ghost but yeah, that's the Queen Mary. Exciting. That's another one on the Holly and Danielle spooky bucket list travel thing. Yeah. That we want to do. We'll have to do that before we go to Ireland because we know I won't come back. <laughs> we got to do our North American bucket list first. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I don't like all the children ghosts again. You got to stop doing that to me. You ruin my life. I ruin yours. That's fair. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> to ruin each other's life. Exactly. Uh, so I guess... That means it's my turn. Um, I actually have a little bit of a, an update for you guys. Um, some of you might know this update, but I did not know this update at all. So way back when, when I did my Kids Who Kill episode, I told you guys about John Venables. He and Robert Thompson murdered two-year-old James Bulger when they were only 10 years old. Mm-hmm. This was in the UK, the, the one on the train tracks. Yep. Um, so my boyfriend was watching a YouTube video from a channel called, are you ready for this? Count Dankula i love that of course carl was watching that he's funny he's like a scottish guy and he just rants about like different things i've never seen him do true crime so like when i heard the name john venables i was like hold up um you're like i'm now yeah he's he's funny i don't know i don't really watch him very often but my boyfriend likes him so there's that um so both boys identities were supposed to be hidden as they were charged as children and later released um this actually caused riots in the uk people wanted them dead for what they did to this poor boy uh they don't believe in the rehabilitation system um and actually got to the point where a global high court injunction was placed at the time uh that makes it illegal to share any images any recordings or any information about these men uh because they're now men um even sharing how much one of them weighs is a crime according to mr count dankula holy shit really um so if you post anything alluding to like knowing who they are in the uk you can be fined and serve jail time and there has been people who have served jail sentences they're small i mean i mean it's 
sucks regardless, but it's like three months, six months, like um, a lot of them get knocked down to community service, but people have been charged for sharing information. Um, in North America, if you tweet out a current picture of them, it'll be taken down and you'll get like slapped with a warning. And in some cases, uh, like legal action has been threatened, but so far the only charges have been placed in the UK. Wait, like right um, now? So like if we say their, their names? No, we could say their, well, we don't know their like new names now oh, but like you can say names? john venables and robert thompson oh okay i just can't say like if i know their name right now i and i said it i could go to jail that's crazy um so pictures do exist i cannot tell you where to find them all i can say is that they exist um and people have been sharing them some people are just you know testing the theory out saying like hey this is john venables and then immediately the tweet gets taken down so someone's sitting there watching it um that's crazy so, it's insane uh robert thompson has stayed under the radar fairly well but john venables has been parading around like nothing ever happened uh apparently he's had several new identities made which cost taxpayers a ton of money um every time he moves to a new area he ends up spoiling his identity he usually starts by telling some friends and then like the rumor starts to spread because people in the uk still hate them right so see i don't you find out your buddy is this child killer see i don't i don't like that that's not fair why do people have to go to jail for telling his fucking name when he's going around telling people who the fuck he is well that's why I, I, you're gonna get really mad in a minute <laughs> um at this I, personally i would stop trying to protect him yeah you know what that. i mean like if i was in charge whatever government person is in charge of his life I would just stop trying to protect him. If he spoiled it that many times, fucking let the mob get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, here's here's the big bombshell that I had no idea about. In 2010, John Venable's identity was blown once again. This time was surprisingly not his fault. Neighbors just did some digging and like figured out that it was him somehow. Um, apparently you were his neighbor. Apparently. <laughs> I know everything about everyone. You're welcome. Literally. So he called the police to let them know that word had gotten out and that they needed to come get him and move him basically um when police arrived they found him in the middle of destroying his hard drives which is hella suspicious um police seized the hard drives and discovered thousands of images of child pornography he was charged and later released and given another new identity go in fuck 2000 yourself. what the fuck yeah. <laughs> in 2017 so just three years ago uh, he was caught with even more images and a, quote, child grooming handbook, which basically tells you how to lure children in for abuse, uh, sex trafficking, etc., etc. Um, he was arrested again and is currently locked up in jail for those crimes. Um, well, so yeah, unexpected up. update, but I had to share it. Uh, I, I sort of had this idea in my head that, like, these kids went to jail and just got better. Because, like, I hadn't heard anything about it. But, obviously, that's not the case for this guy. Apparently, um, he was the ringleader. Because, what the fuck? Yeah. No, that that totally makes sense. Like, he's he seems to have something... He seems to be unwell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's he's very obviously a pedophile. Um, whether or not that happened during his jail time, I don't know. Yeah. But, creepy nonetheless. Just wanted to give you guys that update. Because, blew my mind. And I knew it wasn't going to be very long. So... Uh, if you want to check out the video, again, it's Count Dankula is the channel, and it literally just came out, like, this week. Okay. So, you should be able to find it. I'm gonna go watch it. But, like, so he's in jail right now? Yep. Oh, you know I'm gonna look up his fucking name and tweet it, because fuck you, dickhole. <laughs> you just got your Twitter back, and now you're gonna lose it. I know. 
Yeah, I think it's fascinating. There's been I, there was I think he spoke about at least two or three people that had gone to jail for like tweeting his picture out. That is absolutely bonkers. That's absolutely yeah. crazy that they're like, yeah, we're gonna throw these innocent people in jail for saying his fucking name, but then he's going out it's and insane. doing all this shit. I just don't. I I could understand when they were still children, mm-hmm. wanting to protect them. But I mean, especially in the case of him, where he's like openly telling people like just just stop spending the taxpayers money on him you yeah. know what i mean like he's openly telling people and he's also a pedophile why are they protecting him why are we protecting him yeah but yeah even though he's in jail you could still get in shit for that crazy fun now on to today's crazy crazy case um today i'm going to tell you guys about the weaver men so there's three different men here there's ward weaver jr ward weaver the third and francis paul weaver uh, this story gives an interesting view onto, like, the whole nature versus nurture debate, because if you haven't guessed it yet, these men are all related, and they are all violent killers. Hmm. I haven't heard about Fun. these people. <laughs> What's that? I haven't heard about these people. Uh, the one of them I had heard of, um, but I didn't know there was, like, a whole family thing. Oh, great. So this, like, I was just going to do the uh, Ward Weaver the third. I had heard about him. And then when I got into it and I saw, like, his dad was a killer, I was like, hold the fuck up. You're like, hold on. Um, <laughs> It's a family ring. So yeah, this got like real fun for me. So we're going to start with the eldest first, Ward Weaver Jr. I'm going to try to make this as easy to follow as I can, but I had a really hard time writing it because two of them have the same fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> so Ward Weaver Jr. is the dad, the eldest of this family. In 1984, he was convicted of the first degree murders of Robert Radford, who was 18 at the time, and his girlfriend, Barbara Levoy, who was 23. Um, and he had been sentenced to death. There's not much known about his upbringing, but what we do know is that he allegedly grew up in a violent home and later grew up to abuse and control his romantic partners. So your typical killer story, yeah. basically. Um, so we're going to start with Robert and Barbara, who are his victims. Uh, they were driving late at night in California after Robert had taken Barbara to meet his family for the first time. Oh my God, that's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah so they went to see his parents and then they drove down to see like his old ass grandma and everything and then they broke down after seeing his grandma uh i shouldn't say old ass because she was probably adorable sorry guys <laughs> so yeah they were waiting on the side of the road uh for some help but unfortunately ward weaver jr pulled up instead he invited them into his truck he was driving like an 18 wheeler type thing oh um, i think i actually to help. heard about this okay sorry i just wanted to let you know that i think i remember this <laughs> so yeah he uh invited them into his truck and offered help um, but we obviously know where this is going. Uh, Ward pulled over to the side of the road and asked Robert to help him shift the load around in the back of the truck. But while the men were outside, Ward struck Robert on the back of the head with a metal pipe, uh, which eventually killed him. He jumped back into the truck, threatened Barbara with a knife, and forced her to lean forward in like a prisoner position, mm-hmm. like lock her hands behind her head and stuff, um, while he drove away. Um, so he turned the truck around and was driving in the opposite direction that they asked him to go in they just leave him Um, on the side of the road yeah okay oh yeah very nice um at approximately 4 a.m he stopped at a location near kettleman city uh where he raped barbara and then continued driving towards san francisco he stopped again at another point and uh raped her a second time this poor woman um investigators went through robert's belongings while he was in hospital um so it turns out someone found him like barely alive on the scene oh my but he he passed away en route to the hospital okay um so so the police arrived at the hospital were going through his belongings and they discovered that he was traveling with a female who's barbara 
and they now deemed her a missing woman. The search began, but nothing really turned up until Ward Weaver Jr. himself told investigators what he had done. Uh, so this was probably a couple years later. I didn't get an exact date. I tried to keep these short because there's three of them. Um, so he was already in prison for an unrelated charge when he was compelled to confess. Um, during a tape-recorded interrogation, he spilled everything to these investigators. According to Ward, he had bound Barbara's hands and told her it was time to get out of the truck. He tried to place a gag in her mouth to keep her quiet, but she bit him hard on the thumb. Bad bitch is what I wrote here yeah. after that. I was going to say, what a bad bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but after that, unfortunately, uh, Ward said he went into a blind rage and strangled her to death. Um, so he claims that he sort of lost control of himself and, like, doesn't remember doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more into that in just a moment. It just breaks my heart that she fought so hard and she's... Oh, I know. This poor really girl. Sad, yeah. And she was with him for, like, several hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a quick ordeal for her at all. Um, so Ward was set to meet his wife for dinner that night. So he dug a shallow grave and buried Barbara's body. A few hours later, he took his wife's car back to that location, dug up the body and placed it in his trunk and drove home. Um, later on, like, I don't know if it was the same night or the next day, but either way, this poor girl was in the trunk for a while um he dug a grave in the backyard for her and uh he made a comment to his wife that he knew that she didn't like to stand on wet grass while she was hanging out laundry so he built a wooden platform over the body and said that it was for his wife to do laundry on that stresses me out so bad it also stressed me out that he's fucking married oh yeah oh Oh, yeah (laughs) he's got kids and everything um well obviously his kids because i'm going to talk about his kid yeah (laughs) So, at a trial, uh, Weaver testified in his own defense. Among the things he claimed, uh, he said that he was hearing a voice of a female named Liddell since he was 17 years old. He also said that he had a male voice in his head that was unnamed, but he was, uh, quote, competitive in nature with Liddell, so the two voices argued. Um, he said he started hearing the male voice in 1968 while he was serving in Vietnam. He said that he had learned to trust the male voice because it uh, would, like, warn him that danger was coming. And he said that it, quote, saved his life several times. Um, he also claimed to be using amphetamines for 18 months at the time of the crimes, which uh, allegedly he used to keep him awake on his long truck drives. So it sounds like a history of mental illness and now drug abuse are coming into play. I was going to say schizophrenia, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah voices. Ooh. So he was a truck driver? Um, he was, okay. yeah. So he came home from the war and became a truck driver. Okay. Um, so Ward claimed that when he picked up the couple, he immediately found Barbara attractive, and right away the male voice in his head started to urge him to have sex with her, while the female voice, Liddell, instructed him to leave her alone. Unfortunately, we know which voice he listened to. Uh, Weaver says, and I quote, I just couldn't go against him. I just couldn't help it. I had to go along with what sounded like the most logical thing to do, uh, which apparently was murder and sexual assault. Yeah, very um, logical. Good job. Yeah. So, despite the 11 wounds found on Robert's head, Weaver claimed that he did not mean to kill the young man. He only wanted to knock him out so that he could be alone with his girlfriend. He said if he had wanted to kill Robert, he would have used the knife that he always carried in his truck. Um, He claimed that a few years earlier, he actually assaulted someone with the same pipe and that person didn't die. So, he thought it would be fine. 11 hits to the head and you're not trying to kill him? I don't think so. Yeah. So... Obviously, he was charged with the murders, and he was sentenced to the gas chamber in 1984. So now we're going to move on to his son, Ward Weaver III. Was he killed? 
eventually, yes. But a lot of um, his son's story is happening at the same time. Okay. Okay. So we're going to... I hate timelines. I'm so sorry, you guys. We're going to have some timelines here. (laughs) Um, Especially when they have the same name. I know. Do you know how hard this was to write? <laughs> like, I had the hardest time. Ward Weaver Jr. abandoned his first family when Ward Weaver III was only four years old. So he was not in his son's life. Um, Trish Weaver, who was Ward's mom, met Bob Boudreaux, who was her second husband, at a hotel bar in 1967. Unfortunately, her second marriage wasn't any happier than the first. Um, Boudreaux was a raging alcoholic and was very abusive towards Trish and their children. No longer love it. (laughs) Um, Many nights, Trish would have to put the kids in the car and drive around trying to find out what bar he had passed out in that night and, like, try to bring him home. Oh my god, that's so sad. So, very toxic already from the beginning. Um, Around this time, I keep calling him Ward 3 in my writing here. (laughs) Just call him number 3, it's fine. (laughs) Around this time, number 3 was still four years old. Um, He fell out of a second-story window, and his stepdad gave him a dollar to calm him down and stop his crying. It's fine. Very nice. It's fine. Here's a dollar. Um, A short time later, Trish found Ward climbing out of the window again, hoping to fall and get another dollar. This was the first sign of a strange behavior. <laughs> He's like, if I do, it's like, it's like conditioning a child. Be like, no, that's exactly it. It's like when you give a dog a treat every time they do something. So they think it's okay yeah. now. I'm going to fall out the, this window and get a dollar. Yeah. So that was the first major sign that something was like seriously wrong. Uh, the next big sign came in the summer of 1975. Uh, Boudreaux was offered a several weeks long job in Sacramento and had volunteered to take number three with him. Um, after a couple weeks, one of Boudreaux's co- uh, co-workers called Trish to let her know that Boudreaux had been leaving him completely alone in the hotel room for hours at a time while he was out getting drunk. Uh, so she ordered her husband and her son to come home immediately. Um, so Ward, who was only 12 at the time, got out of the truck when they got home and slammed the door. And his mother said she, he, like, glared at her with this, like, deep anger and rage and stuff. Um, and apparently from that point on, he stayed mad at her. Uh, his mother said, quote, that's the day I lost my son. That's so um, sad. She suspects something happened on that trip to trigger her son's rage, but nothing was ever confirmed. Um, so whether it was just the abandonment of being left in the hotel room or possibly he was abused, we don't know, but something happened on that trip that just changed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the earliest victims of Ward's violence was his half-brother, Robert Boudreaux Jr. Can people stop junioring their children? <laughs> so, uh, Robert claims that his big brother would stand him up against a tree and wrap a dog chain around him as if he were, quote, about to be burned at the stake. What the fuck? Um, he would turn him so that his face was really close to the neighbor's fence and would get, like, their dog to come, like, bark and bite at his brother and he's uh so robert said that he would stand there and laugh while this was happening so yeah robert also claims to have been beaten several times by ward um ward's youngest sister tammy weaver also shares similar claims uh she said quote he thought it was funny to take his bb gun out and shoot me in the back a couple of times with it um she also says that she spent many years in therapy in an effort to recover from her childhood and that she cut off all ties with all of her family members 15 years ago, which I think now is more like 20 years based on like the article timeline. Yeah. I mean, like, um, good so for she her. just, that's how traumatized she was by her brother. She just cut out the entire family. Uh, in April 1981, Ward number three had his first serious brush with the law when a relative accused him of rape. Oh, shit. Uh, police interviewed him and the girl, and a hearing was held, but 
you're about to be pissed off. Uh, the police did not press charges, according to a report filed with the Multnomah County Juvenile Court. Um, since war, so I guess he was about 17 at the time, so he was still technically a child. Um, so since Ward had enlisted in the U.S. Navy Reserve in February 1981 and would ship out soon, the court said, quote, it was useless to pursue the abuse charge. Disgusting. So I'm so mad right now. They're just going to send him off to like. What the fuck? Defend the country. Yeah. After raping a young girl. Like that part pissed me off. Um, the military. So he did end up take. What's that? So the military is a fucking joy. The entire government establishment, man. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke. <laughs> and not just in the States. We're not just shading you guys. We know mm-hmm. we're a mess here too. <laughs> it's, everything. Our government's a fucking mess. So. Yeah. We're a disaster here too. Don't worry. I'm just too mad to talk about it. <laughs> um, so he did end up taking off with the Navy and he arrived in the Philippines later that year. He met his first wife there before being, quote, other than honorable discharged. So he didn't get like mean? a dishonorable discharge. But he didn't they get just, an honorable one? Yeah. Apparently he like missed a bunch of meetings or something and they were just like, go go home, man. Like, <laughs> Oh, so the, um, the rape charge. Yeah, that didn't do didn't it. Didn't do but it. But missing late, a meeting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So in May of 1982, uh, he was discharged and he brought his bride, Maria Stout, back home with him to Portland, where they lived in a partially finished basement of uh, Trish and his stepdad's house. Same. Adorable. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently they fought like crazy. And according to Trish, they were often violent with each other. Uh, Ward set a bunch of rules that he expected his wife to follow, and obviously she disagreed. So if you yeah. notice, we're already seeing a pattern. His mm-hmm. dad was known to control his romantic partners, and even though he didn't grow up with his dad, he's showing some similar characteristics. DNA is a great thing. <laughs> it's weird, it's man. It's fucking weird. Genetics is crazy. Um, so after one of these fights in July of 1982, his wife, who was five months pregnant at the time, went to the hospital... Hospital. Hospital. That's where you have babies. Hospitals. How hospital? <laughs> uh, went to the hospital claiming she was beaten by the then 19 year old ward. Uh, Trish. He was only 19 actually- at this point. Oh, yeah. Holy he, shit. Yeah. So he, like, fought in the Navy and was discharged and everything. Well, actually, he didn't fight. He was a chef or something. <laughs> Even fucking better. Um, all of this in, like, a two year span. Um, so Trish, who is his mom, met up with Maria in the hospital room and tried to talk her into filing charges against her son. Wow. Uh, she said, quote, I kept hoping someone would listen, someone would realize that there was something wrong with this guy, and someone would pick up the ball and do something. So she, bless this woman, she tried. She obviously knew that she needed help with her son, um, and I guess she just didn't know what route to take, mm-hmm. really. I guess she was kind of, like, a, at a loss. I don't know how it is in the yeah. States, but, like therapy is a fucking expensive ma'am oh yeah so oh it's probably worse in the states like it's expensive here and we have free health care so mm-hmm. it's a mess yeah um so the officer took his report that night and arrested weaver on suspicion of aggravated assault um however his wife refused to press charges in the mid-1980s the couple packed up and headed south to california where their relationship continued to deteriorate so she stayed with him after that did not press charges okay um in 1984, they had moved to Bakersfield. Um, he actually visited his father in prison while there. Um, he was on trial for the murders of Robert and Barbara at the time. He said, quote, we caught up on a lot of lost time. Sure uh, you did. Cute. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adorable. So the the couple eventually welcomed a second child, but continued to fight horribly. The courts eventually intervened and removed the children from their custody. So it was that bad. I was like, think of um, the children. Like, what are you guys doing? But like, I'm glad yeah, they're not there. The children were suffering. Allegedly, uh, they, the children were also abused. So oh. they would take out their anger on the children as well. Um, so they did, thankfully, have them removed. Um, so within two years of his father being sentenced, uh, Ward Weaver III also found himself beside, beside bars. Beside bars. Behind bars. <laughs> he's beside them. He wasn't behind them because he's an army. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep that in for that joke. Fuck editing. We're leaving that. Um, <laughs> that was great. Um, so this first incident that led to his arrest occurred on Father's Day in 1986. Um, this was a particularly difficult day for him, boo-hoo. Um, he just got it and his children back from foster care, and he didn't get any presents. Aww. So It stresses me not... out that they gave their, the kids back, though. Oh, yeah. The, the child care system's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. um, so shortly before midnight, 16-year-old Jennifer Ordona and her younger sister Jocelyn, uh, they were neighbors of the Weaver family, saw Ward outside of a bowling alley and offered him a ride home. He was drunk as a skunk. Um, moments later, they pulled over on a dark road so Ward could go pee, but instead he found a, a slab of concrete on the ground and struck Jocelyn in the head, knocking her out. Convenient. Um, he pres- what? That's very fucking convenient. Dude, I was, yeah, I don't know why there was this random slab of concrete. Like, what was he going to do if that wasn't there? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he proceeded to grab Jennifer in a headlock and attempted to strangle her. Luckily, both girls survived. Uh, Weaver, whose wife was pregnant with their third child, just why, was sentenced to three years in prison for the assault. He told the probation officer that his, quote, biggest fear is ending up like his father, who is currently on death row. You're on a really uh, good so- track to end up that way, though, so... Yeah, no, he he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so Ward Weaver III was released from prison in California in January of 1988. His fucking fourth child was born that next winter. So the family moved to Oregon where they opened like a little gift shop thing for some reason. Um, according to police reports, he also began selling drugs around this time, which led to many visits from police and eventually got the family evicted from the, the apartment they were renting. Nice. Um, at this point, his wife had finally finally had enough and ended the marriage and also filed for a restraining order good job finally a little uh, late somehow a little late sorry i said a little late but she got yeah, there i would have like <laughs> she got there that that first time in the hospital that would have been it for me yeah so somehow he moved on really quickly to an 18 year old girl named christy sloan uh for reference ward was 31 at the time and a father of four uh christy sloan was fresh out of high school 18 years old and she was just enthralled by Weaver. She thought he was charming and cute and sweet, but obviously the illusion didn't last very long. Just like his first wife, he started to set rules for her, and he would fly into a rage if she broke any of them. One night, he beat her with a cast iron skillet for leaving the house without him. Holy crap. He was, yeah. Like, that's serious. That's really fucking... How did she survive that? I, I don't know, but she did. Um, he was arrested for this and spent some time in jail, but charges were dropped shortly after, as Christy said she was too terrified to testify against him in court. Uh, (laughs) the couple reunited shortly after this and eventually married in 1996. I honestly just looked up pictures of him. Honey, he ain't cute. No, he's not worth it. Oh my God. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) 
Uh, so the next year, in 1997, all four of Ward's kids moved in with them. Uh, it was mostly quiet and calm in the house until August of 1997, when Ward announced that he had a new girlfriend while still married to Christy. Oh my god, that's so fucking stressful. What the fuck? I just don't understand how many women fall for this man. Um, so he ended up leaving his happy family for this woman who still chooses to remain anonymous to this day. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, um, but surprise, they fought for the duration of their five-year relationship. It was another toxic not good place uh the new family home became sort of like a hangout spot for the weaver children uh they regularly hosted sleepovers for their daughters and their friends which is really weird in like such a an angry household that that becomes the one that everyone hangs out at i don't know how that worked but um this is where we meet ashley pond and miranda gaddis um they were both friends with his daughter from school and frequented the home regularly in august of 2001 ashley accused weaver of attempting to rape her but the claim was not immediately investigated by police i'm tired of the police not taking these claims seriously honestly um on january 9th of the following year she disappeared on her way to school two months later miranda was gone too the same manner they just didn't show up to school uh didn't get on their bus there was no trace just no vanished. evidence just up and vanished what the fuck? um so that july ward the third was listed among several suspects um ward actually failed an fbi polygraph exam and went into a rage after they told him he didn't pass he claimed that he had tried to save ashley from her dysfunctional home life and that he suspected that ashley had run away and hoped miranda had gone to join her um, when investigators asked him about fresh concrete he had poured recently in his backyard, he became very nervous. Uh, apparently, he started to stutter and just tried to change the suspect or the suspect, the subject, um, and would try to just like move on from that. Um, so in basically, August, they're buried back there. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> um, in August, just weeks after failing the poly- polygraph, police received a nine one one call from Ward's eldest son. Uh, he claimed that Ward had tried to rape his girlfriend and claimed that he had confessed to killing both Ashley and Miranda to his son. Um, within days, police were digging up the backyard. Yeah. Um, Miranda's remains were found in a shed. They were placed in a box and just left in the shed. Um, and Ashley's body was unearthed beneath the fresh concrete that he had poured. What the fuck? Um, I took this this little part here direct from an article from OregonLive.com. Quote, once again, the papers were dominated by headlines about a man named Ward Weaver who stood accused of hiding his victims on his own property. Seems like it runs in the family. (laughs) Yeah. On October 2nd, 2002, Weaver was indicted and charged with six counts of aggravated murder, two counts of abuse of a corpse in the second degree, one count of sexual abuse in the first degree, and one count of attempted rape in the second degree. We're not done yet. One count of attempted aggravated murder, one count of attempted rape in the first degree, and one count of sexual abuse in the first degree. Oh my god, we're still not done. One count of sexual abuse in the second degree, and two counts of sexual abuse in the third degree. They threw everything they could at him. Yeah. Um, he pled guilty to avoid the death sentence, but he's serving two life terms instead. Boo-hoo. So now Aww. we have the youngest Weaver, uh, Francis Paul Weaver. So this is this is my interesting little twist at the end here. So the first two Weaver men were related by blood and had very eerie similarities in how their murders played out. Um, and just their, their general lifestyles were very similar. Mm-hmm. 
they abused their partners, had substance abuse issues, and both buried their victims under concrete or wood in the backyard. This would lead one to believe that killing sort of runs in the family genes, as we've been saying, so, quote, nature made them do it. However, Francis Paul Weaver was not biologically related to the other Weaver men. Francis was actually the son who called 911 to report his father, but it was later discovered that his mother cheated on Ward and he was not related by blood. Holy so shit. So he had grown up his whole life thinking that this this boy was his son. And, it's- and he wasn't. So his crimes were entirely different than the first two Weaver men. Um, and there's no evidence of violence in his private life, no abuse claims. Um, we obviously know he didn't grow up in the happiest home, but other than that, he seemed fairly, like, normal, like- for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was arrested in 2014 for the shooting death of Edward Spangler. The shooting was tied to a drug deal gone wrong. He showed heavy remorse in court, uh, addressing the victim's family with, quote, I know he was a good man, a very good man, and a good son. That was never supposed to happen. I pray for you guys every day, and I pray for his children every day. He was still sentenced to life in prison. So three generations of killers two seemingly born with this like murder gene or whatever you want to call it yeah and one maybe just like a product of his environment yeah either way this case blew my mind it's not very often you see three generations of murderers in one family no but it was freaking fascinating maybe 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 um the weaver name is cursed bring some it's possible bring some spookies in there maybe they're cursed to be killers it's- <laughs> But I thought it was fascinating. So I, I had heard about uh, Ward Weaver Third, and I was going to do this whole episode on him. And then I didn't know that his dad and his son were both charged with murder yeah. as well. And I was like, oh. That's so messed up. That is so crazy. I, I loved it. <laughs> I, like, and that, that kind of, like, makes you think, like, is it, like, is it nature or is it nurture? Because there's two cases think- that are both. I think this proves, yeah, that there it, it really does depend. Mm-hmm. Like, every time it's different. Because, you know, like I said, the first two were very similar. And then this last one, still a killer, yes, but different motive, different, yeah. you know, not the same pattern of abuse and everything. He was almost just like a, a, like, I'm sure he probably had substance issues because of his childhood and, you know, his dad being a killer and stuff. So he was more like a product of how he was raised, I think. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. A product of yeah. his environment, as you said yeah that shit was fascinating that was fucking crazy that one blew my mind you're welcome thank you i appreciate it (laughs) i hope it blew your mind too you guys yeah did you guys know that this existed because i sure as fuck didn't i sure didn't i had heard about uh ward weaver the third but i yeah the rest of it was brand spanking new to me i was excited (laughs) that actually just blew my mind and it just makes it makes you think like because everyone's just like it has to be nature versus nurture yeah everyone's like it has to be a solid answer it's one or the other like no this just proves that it's it's both yeah it does prove that it's both um you know obviously the last one didn't have the 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 greatest idols to look up to so yeah yeah shit's weird shit's weird life's weird that happy monday you guys (laughs) (laughs) we hope you have a good week um if you want to come talk about this crazy ghost fucking story that is on a boat yes a boat or if you ghost on a boat yeah <laughs> and or if you want to like discuss theories on this family trait this family goal that they have apparently um you can come hang out with us on instagram it's a spooky hour podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us at the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. That's all I got for you.
yeah that's it just come be our friend and if you guys prefer to be on like a certain platform let us know we're pretty much on a lot of them now yeah we're on iheart radio make sure you like like and subscribe and leave reviews and do all of that fun stuff yeah tell us how much you love us because we love you (laughs) yeah we tell you guys all the time and you tell us we're needy (laughs) (laughs) we need comfort in this time of need okay (laughs) and with that have a wonderful week friends yeah stay spooky stay spooky